The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. It's Jamie D and Big Newt. You know who I am. I'm Jamie D'Amico. That man who's across from me on the microphone. Oh, that's a very giddy Big Chris Newton. Big Newt, how you living? I'm living large, my friend. I can't believe it, man. I'm still off of the most of the high that what we witnessed last night, man. That was simply epic, even with a one-hour torrential rain delay. Epic. Oh, man. It's something that needed to happen. We needed we needed to experience this, didn't we? Because I would have begun to doubt whether or not the Bills were capable of taking down the Chiefs, even what appears to be a down season for them. But who took care of business? Oh, that would be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, dude. We, I mean, we just took them behind the woodshed, and like I tweeted uh, earlier today, man, we outchiefed the Chiefs. And what do you mean by that? But we look like the Chiefs, and they look like us. I mean, (laughs) you know, they couldn't get to twenty. They fumbling, throwing picks, and and a lot. And I know we're gonna get more in depth in the game, but I mean, it. Patty Mahomes. I mean, I understand that it was raining. Right. But Josh Allen just it just looked like it didn't affect it didn't affect the Buffalo Bills and it was just raining on one side of the ball, you know. It and did so, kind of look like that, especially that last fumble that they had that sort of hit Mahomes in the hands and ended up being recovered by Trey White. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean for us to put up thirty eight points and them though uh the Chiefs only get to twenty and in what was I wouldn't call it a laugher because I'm not going to disrespect the Chiefs like that because um, they just made it to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl recently. But if you would have took the jerseys off, you would have thought that they were the Buffalo Bills and we, you know, n- and not the Chiefs and vice versa. Well, right? at I least how it looked when they matched up last year, right? Exactly. And the last couple times, I mean, they owned us, and I know we picked. We both picked the Kansas City Chiefs to beat us because we were like, you got to, you know, beat them before we start picking you to beat them. So they did it, and they did it in grand fashion. So let me ask you this question. Are the Bills better than you thought? Because we, like like you said, we both picked the Bills to lose that one. Are the Bills better than you thought, or are the Chiefs worse? The Chiefs are worse. 
That's the what I picked up. Yeah, they didn't look like the Chiefs, and and uh, the D the DN wasn't there. Chris Jones wasn't there. I mean, so that had an effect, but um, that that I, wouldn't have accounted for eighteen points, though. I, I'm just saying reasons why the defense just didn't perform. Right. Like, and then once again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm taking anything away from Buffalo. I'm not. It's just the Chiefs, they just, I mean, we whooped them like they were a scrub. I mean, like, uh, Kelsey, I mean, and, and my homes wasn't really my homes and doing all the Mahomian things he do. And, I mean, <laughs> what? It, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. Travis Kelsey, what had sixty yards at a touchdown? I mean, I would have thought that he, Travis Kelsey, we wouldn't have been able to keep him under wraps. And uh, Tyreek Hill, I mean, first quarter he looked explosive, but really after that it wasn't much. Um, and then Matt Milano was a game time decision; he didn't play, so I got kind of worried, man. But it mm-hmm. was it was a laugher, man. But we said we both said it on here that. If uh, Josh Allen plays like Josh Allen, then we'll win. And and that's exactly what happened. I don't think he played like Josh Allen. He ran like Josh Allen, but I still don't think he has thrown like the Josh Allen we grew to love. He only completed 57% and he really did miss some targets, but he had some classic Josh Allen throws, didn't he? Man. He had some beautiful, beautiful throws. That first and, touchdown to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel holy Sanders. cow, vintage Josh right there. Yeah. And like I said, man, it was in the rain. So I don't mind him having less than 60% completions in the rain, in the weather condition it was. Um, and he did. He ran effectively. He had a lot of power run, RPO type stuff, and it just – but that that was a great call game by Dable because they were in a lot of they blitzed us a lot, and so they was like in a lot of cover one, where and they didn't have a spy, which I don't understand. Why don't you spy Josh Allen? But um, right, but you blitz and everybody's turned their backs, running with uh, receivers and running backs. It just left a lot of green in the middle of the field, and Josh Allen took a, advantage from it. Um, 11 carries, uh, almost 60 yards, 5.4 yards per carry and a touchdown added to his totals, almost 400 yards of offense and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, this seems like it was an organizational win from the top yes. all the way down through the players and everyone yes. else. Yes. From Brandon Bean getting the right mix of guys to yes. an unbelievable game plan on both offense and defense to the coaches keeping the players' heads in the game during that really long delay, the players being able to do it and go out and execute in less than ideal conditions. There was, it it was just, it it was a sight to behold. I, I felt that the team was able to pull together and gel the way they did. So let's talk about that coaching a little bit, shall we? The Bills on offense looked very different than they had previously. Normally, they run the 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. That was not what they were doing. That was not what they were doing against the Chiefs. They were running two tight end sets. They were bringing in a fullback. They were going with only two receivers most of the game. And Mm -hmm. did you see 
Who was on the field for the very first play? Mm, who was it? Jake Comero nice. lined up at receiver. Jake Comero and Isaiah McKenzie were on the field for the very first snap. Not Diggs, not Sanders, not Beasley. Hmm. They yep. were giving a very different look that the Bills have not given really at any point in Dable's tenure. And you know what they were doing? They were making the Chiefs linebackers play coverage, which was something that became very obvious they couldn't do. Yeah, they had a lot of miscues, man. And you see the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. Who, I mean, I think yeah. that was the second touchdown. He started screaming at the corners. They were just discombobulated. And I, and once again, going back to what we were saying before about the defense, I don't know their roster to where what they lost, but I, it just seemed like a total different team than what they had two years defensive unit, excuse me, than what they had two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. I agree. I, I don't know the roster well enough to know what the the difference is, just like you. Uh, but, you know, it, it's I, – I think that Brian Dable put together an incredible plan that was not what they expected to see. Even Andy Reid said that he didn't expect what they got in, in his postgame interview. You know, the uh, most interesting interviews in the NFL this side of Bill Belichick listening to Andy Reid. Oh, man. But speaking of interviews, did you see the Lions uh, head coach interview? That dude started crying. I love that in guy. The game. I did love Dan it? Campbell. Yeah. He was start. He started crying. He was talking about the passion, how hard they work. And unfortunately, man, I mean, I love I love the passion of the guy and the truest of getting up there and sharing your feelings, man. But in this business, it's a cold world, bro. All that don't matter, man. It's about wins and losses. So, uh, but yeah, I, I noticed that when you scan across the league. But yeah, man, I I just I took it all in, bro, and. and let me ask you a question real quick to get off the script. Sure. How did you feel watching the game? I mean, it was a late game. Um, I know you didn't go to the bullpen and hang out with the D.C. Bills backers. You probably watched it at home as I did. Right. Um, how did you feel watching the game? Were, were you, like, at any point were you scared? How about that? Were you scared at any point of the game? I was anxious until the fourth quarter. I, I was anxious because the Chiefs – We've seen it so many times where they just put up points in bunches and they capitalize on mistakes really well. So if the Bills had a turnover and the Chiefs are able to punch it in, well, you know what? They If the Bills don't march down and keep moving the ball and the Chiefs end up with a stop after that, you could have a, very easily have a 14-point swing in that game and, right. and it could happen in less than four minutes, really. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs, we know, are capable of doing it. Um, once they got into the fourth quarter, though, it seemed like the Bills had it in hand. It seemed like the Bills started moving the football. And really, it seemed like the Chiefs had become deflated by that. Moment. I agree. And you could, and let me piggyback off the idea real quick. You could tell in the fourth quarter, think about how we drove the ball and, and that one long drive to yes. kind of steal the in. Like we were running the ball effectively. And we didn't run the ball effectively outside of Josh Allen. 
And once again, he had the hurdle, which might be an ESPN player of the year type deal. <laughs> I tweeted it out this morning. I was like, this is unbelievable. He did it again in reminiscent of the uh, one he had rookie year where he jumped over Anthony Barr in uh, Minnesota. Right. Um, it was the same play, but this one was for a crucial first down. Um, so that drive, but, if I may. Yeah. Seven minutes, 50 seconds, 12 yes. plays. It sapped everything that the Chiefs had left in them. It was The game was over by the time the Bills right. punched that one into the end zone. Right, right. And we ran the football when we had to, especially, like I said, the fourth quarter. We ran the football. And I, and I think at that point they knew what the right was on the wall. They were defeated because I feel like they kind of uh, bottled us up until that point outside of Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He ran effectively, but we ran a lot of power runs. It was good to see it. He slid. I don't know if you saw that. Um, <laughs> I believe that was the second quarter. The long run he had, he yeah. broke, and he wound up sliding. So that was good to see. And I, It was just – well, to answer my uh, question I posed to you, the only time I got scared was the rain delay. Um, when you're sitting around mm-hmm. for an hour, it feels like, you know – it feels like it's a situation where you might lose your momentum. It could favor the home team for them to get their bearings, give them extra time to make an adjust adjustments. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was glad to say, and then when we came out, I believe we came out and it was three and out like the first series. So mm-hmm. I was kind of scared right there, but that was the only time of the game where I even had any kind of trepidation, man. It was pretty much from start to finish we were in control of I was thrilled to see the Bills be able to hold on third and fourth downs on occasion. And uh, the thing that really left me concerned was the defensive penalties and how it seemed like every time the Bills got a stop, there was a defensive penalty, a hold. And I know that they were talking about how the Bills felt that the Chiefs did a lot of holding last year. But what the Chiefs didn't do was tug on jerseys. Right. And that's what the Bills were doing. And guys, don't pull on jerseys. It gets called every time. Right. I totally agree. And since we're talking about the officiating, yes, I do believe that they had a conscious effort because they knew like going into it. And they and referees, they scout teams and they know players. They they have a tip sheet, they have a depth chart, and they know who does what because they're they watch film just like coaches do with the league office, right? And so I think they knew it. And I think that was the game plan for us. Like, hey, let's give them some of their own medicine. But we got called for it. The officiating was horrible. It was and bad. I saw, and I saw on Twitter that people really brought the NFL to task. But what I will say is the Regis holding call, okay, on our center, right? Mm-hmm. All right. That was not a hold, right? No. I, I you you go back and look at there's no way that's hold in the NFL on Mitch Morris. And that's when Josh Allen, I believe it was third and long. It was like third and fifteen, and we was in the shadows of our end zone, right? Mm-hmm. So we we rushed uh for Josh Allen rushed for like a 15-yard scamper, but they called it back on holding on Mitch Morris. The very next play is third and forever, right? They get called for roughing the passer. Yes. On a terrible throw by Josh Allen. Wicked underthrown. Exactly. That was the proverbial makeup call. They knew 
that that was not a holding call, and we converted on first. We converted first down. They made it right. So I, kudos to the referees for doing that. Kudos to them. At the same time, to me, that was the definition of driving a quarterback into the ground. That that was a textbook definition. The way he landed on Josh Allen with his shoulder, that should have been called. And I know they're talking about how it shouldn't have been and how the Bills got away with one. Well, okay, maybe it was borderline, but all of the other calls that went against the Bills that shouldn't have, that extended drives, the refs had a terrible game. And I've said this before, you have to be good enough that you can't let the refs take a game away from you. Right. And that's exactly what you had yesterday. The refs were going to do anything in their power to just screw this game up. Right. And the bills were too good to allow it to happen. That's exactly what you got to be. I agree. I agree. I like the fact that we were so good that it it nullified all the bad calls. And like I said, please don't think I'm sticking up for the refs. It was horrible. Okay. (laughs) Some of the calls that they did make, especially on Davis White, all pro. Tredavious White, come on, man. You can't call holding on him. Like, and then Saran Neal got a couple holding calls. So I just think it's one of those situations because it was one that happened back to back. What I'm trying to say is if they don't call holding on Mitch Morris, and I get it, he did drive him to the ground, I think they would have let that go. You think so? Yeah. I would probably bet that they would have let that go. Okay. And, I, and like I said, I'm not saying you wrong because I get it. I can see what you're saying when you said drive them to the ground, but they probably wouldn't have called it if it was mm-hmm. not for the holding call because it was back to back. And yeah. then you didn't really see any other time where Kansas City was really getting called for calls like that. The uh, disparity was pretty high with us, I believe, with uh, penalties. But once again, when you win by almost 20 points, it really doesn't matter. Right. You know, right. And, and in this case – it was it it may have even been more lopsided than the score mhm especially when you watch the uh the second half of that game um there were only 21 points total scored in the second half the bills scored 14 the chiefs 7 but it felt it felt like that game just got farther and farther apart even though the bills only outscored them by one touchdown Mm-hmm. But that is what happens when you have a dispirited team and a defense that really set itself up for success yesterday by keeping the safeties deep, keeping things in front of them, and they played a heck of a lot more man-to-man than I ever would have anticipated they would play against the Chiefs because I didn't think the Bills secondary had the speed to keep up with, with the Chiefs uh, receivers and the longest reception of the game was 26 yards. And that was the one that uh, McCole Hardman had on the sideline that they initially ruled incomplete that was correctly overturned a- as yeah. a reception. Yeah, it was a blade of grass between his foot and the sideline. So yeah, you could see We'll it. give him that. Yeah, we'll give him that. I was very surprised how we pretty much contained the run. Um Kansas City only had 120 yards versus our 121 yards on 23 carries, uh, five yards a carry. I would have thought that they would have ran the football more. <clears throat> I think some of that was due to uh, Clyde Edwards uh, Hilaire yeah. getting yeah. bent, getting bent up. I mean, that, and I know how that feels, man. When you just get hit at the bottom and twisted, and then you get hit over the top, like, oh my God, he was a pretzel. Yeah, it so looked terrible. Okay. Yeah, it looked bad. 
It it, it looked like a minimum he's going to have a sprained knee, right? Mm-hmm. If not, he hurt his back. I mean, it looked bad. So, um, but I I was surprised that they didn't they didn't try to uh, run the ball against our defense more. Yeah, you know that's going to be really interesting coming up against Tennessee, a team that is a punch you in the mouth running team. Yeah, we just got to try to stop Henry this weekend. Um, and getting to that game, we're an early five and a half point favorites. So let me Tennessee. ask you this: Are the Bills ripe for a letdown? Yes. I was thinking that you you're off an emotional high, um, but it, I I I will I will still pick us to win this game because I think uh, McDermott gonna have these boys ready, focused. Their message is always the same. They don't get too high, get too low. I think they're gonna have a good week of practice. And once again, I don't I don't really think Tennessee's that good, bro. Like, that's another thing. Like, okay, you stop traveling here. I don't think Tannehill is going to beat us. And then uh, you got to realize, man, this team is a team that lost. They lost to the Jets, what, last week, week before last? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they didn't have A.J. Brown. They didn't have the receivers, A.J. Brown and uh, and Julio Jones didn't play. But I just, even if they do play, I think we could bottle them up. I, I think we're going to be focused in, in the task at hand. Um also, this morning, the odds came out, Vegas, that Josh Allen is the odds-on favorite to in, uh, win the MVP. Yeah, Kyler Murray so, is having himself Kyler a Kyler Murray, he's season. having a great year. All right? So, he could really solidify. Once again, we talk about Heisman moments. All right? When uh, Josh Allen jumps over people, hurdles people, have 400 yards of <laughs> offense, have big games on national TV, that's what does it. So if he could come back to back, and and it's it's right there for the taking because Tennessee's not that good. Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to disrespect and say they're a scrub and we should monkey stomp them, but it's right there for the taking. And, <laughs> and is it set for a letdown? I could see that because of the emotional high. You yeah, know, tell, think about tell me huh? and the listeners what goes into that. You know, like talk about that a little bit more. What what happens to a team and to individuals on the team that that allows that to go down? Well, if you look at it, man, you're going to party. Everybody's telling you how good you are. When the power rankings come out this week, we're going to probably be number one and number two. I mean, depending on the publication. So, I mean, you're always set for a letdown. You see it all the time in college outside of Alabama. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just like, I'm a, once again, I put Notre Dame reference. When Notre Dame, um, 1993, we knocked off Florida State when they were number one in the country. And then the next week, we came back and lost to Boston College. Like, it happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you walk around campus, everybody telling you how good you are. The girls that didn't talk to you before, they talking to you. Life is good. You're eating good. And <laughs> and you suffer a letdown. But, I, once again, that's why I said I think McDermott got these guys focused. The message is always consistent. The next man up, and it's the next game. Because who would have thought our defense? Well, I'm gonna tell you because all my friends been making fun of the Buffalo Bills. Well, y'all didn't play nobody. Y'all been playing scrubs. That's why y'all got the number one defense. We went out there and looked like the number one defense against a good Kansas City Chiefs team. All right, and then the thing about it is, even if you say, "Well, the Kansas City Chiefs now lose a team," they're two and three. Well, if you look at the remaining part of our schedule, everybody we play is like one and something or two and something. 
All right? If you look at the schedule, we got 12 games left. Eight mm-hmm. of them are against losing teams. Mm-hmm. You know, we only play four winning teams, and that's all in the NFC, NFC South. You got the Saints with a winning record, Carolina with a winning record, and, of course, the Bucks. Then the Falcons got a loser record, mm-hmm. all right? And then the, it's those three teams with winning records still left, and then Tennessee. But if you look at all those teams, are you scared of any of them? No. In <laughs> fact, the Bills have, when it comes to The Athletic, which is a great publication, The Athletic ranks quarterbacks by tiers before the season, and they basically give a strength of schedule score based on the tiers of those quarterbacks. And based on quarterback performance, the Bills have the third easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah. But here's the thing. They are right. The Bills haven't beat anybody. The Bills haven't beat any team with a winning record yet this year. But you you can't decide or apologize for what your schedule is. Sometimes it works in your favor. Other times it does not. Last year, it did not work in the Bills' schedule or in the Bills' favor. But the Bills are doing what they need to do against these teams. Have you taken a look at the Bills' point differential? I haven't. What does it look like? The Bills are plus 108 on the season. And oh, by the way, they lost a game and they're plus 108. That is the (laughs) fourth highest point differential through five weeks since 2000. Mm. So what are the Bills doing? They're not beating teams that aren't as good as them. They are showing those teams who their daddy is. Yes. And that's what I will say. When you look at the numbers, we're playing scrub teams, but we're beating their heads in. And mm-hmm. once again, I agree with you. Don't be ashamed of what you're doing. You're only playing the people on your schedule. And once again, I keep saying this. The NFL is not college, dude. Scrub teams beat good teams every week. All the time. So I don't take it for granted. And I will not apologize for that. I'm just that's what I tell my friends when they say that. But the <laughs> fact we're we got the winning formula right now. Um we have a uh all pro quarterback that's playing the way. Well he two of his games he played that way, but we got a number one ranked defense and we lead the league in takeaways. That's my question right now. What if we don't get the takeaways? Like even this game, they have four turnovers. It was two interceptions and two fumbles. Right? What if we don't get those? Takeaways come in bunches. They come they and do. go in bunches. They do. They're not they are not sustainable. A good prediction of future performance. I agree. It's not sustainable. So that's what I would wonder. And once again, we're waiting in the weeds right now. We won the game, won the handling, but that's the one thing I will look for. We we have way more turnover uh uh takeaways than a lot of teams. So what's gonna happen when we don't? We just need Josh Allen. And now it's going to be weeks like that. We got 12 more games. It's going to be weeks like that. Mm-hmm. But we need Josh Allen to uh, play like he did yesterday. The rest of the schedule, if Josh Allen plays like that and our defense give us half that effort, except for maybe Tampa Bay and New Orleans, we're going to win all those games handily. Well, I think. The Bills have gotten a lot of turnovers in part because of the quarterbacks that they have faced. Jacoby Brissett, uh, Taylor Heineke, um, Davis Mills, not good quarterbacks. Though Patty Mahomes coughed a cup well, let's be honest. That interception that went off of Tyreek Hill's hands. 
Right. I mean, <laughs> the pick six was like, yeah, that really wasn't a bad. Deci- you can't say that that was a bad decision. Right. In, in fact, it was the it was the right play. Uh, Hill was not going to get the first down because Micah Hyde had a great angle on that play. But the Bills are doing a really good job of dropping players into coverage. So when looking ahead at the Bills' schedule, we were talking about the quarterbacks. Does anybody scare you? Do any of the teams scare you? So let's let's take a quick look at it. Tennessee, you've got Tannehill. Tannehill's he's a good quarterback, right? And he got two good receivers, yeah. yeah. Two excellent receivers. Yeah. I just don't like the defense, but yeah, he could he could be formidable. Okay. So does Carson Wentz of the Colts worry you? No. Does Jameis Winston of the Saints worry you? The Saints worry me in New Orleans on Thanksgiving. Is it because it's New Orleans on Thanksgiving, or do you think they've got a good team? I think they have a good team. They have a lot of injuries right now. Um, They're still three and two, only one game behind the Bills. Yeah, so they have a lot of injuries. Uh, Their star receiver's out, so he'll be back. They'll be going on a bye, and so they're going to get a lot of guys back. So don't, don't... think the guys they got out there now is going to be the guys that when we see them in November. Okay. Now, what about Mac Jones of the Patriots? No. No? They should have lost this weekend, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're two and three, and I feel like they're lucky to be there. They're lucky to be two and three. They should be one and four. They should have lost to Houston. So... The game after that on December 12th, um, the Bills are going to Tampa, and I don't even know who their quarterback is this year. Pa, 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 pa. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> that's the alert. Hold on, listen. That's the alert. That's like Adam Schefter. I'm on my phone while you talking. Okay. You're on your phone. Uh, a call's coming in. It's no. the alert on the screen, and cuts over to Big Newt. No, it's, it's not a call. I'll be on Twitter. John Gruden resigns. Oh, dang. I know, right? Just now, yes. John Gruden resigns because emails came out that he's a sexist and a racist. Yeah, that's what they say. And homophobic. Yeah, and with his personality, ain't no telling what he said. Well, I was just reading about it before we went on the air. And basically, uh, Bruce Allen had a trove of emails in which Gruden, in writing, (laughs) sent emails that said all kinds of nasty epithets about people. Basically, the NFL said, either you resign or we're going to just keep dripping these horrible emails out to the public. Right. Right. And rich people, they have a, a uncanny way of getting what they want. If you make them look bad, then they're going to get you. A la Deshaun Watson down in Houston. He wanted the <laughs> trade request. And it was like, they're racist down here, blah, blah, blah. And you see what's going on with him. Understand, you have money. You don't have NFL-type money. You're a right. millionaire, Gruden. You're a millionaire, Deshaun Watson. 
They are billionaires. You're not going to win. Look at <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. Ben Simmons. I'm not playing. You're going to trade me. And they're like, okay, we'll hold you hostage and you're not going to get paid. Now it came out today, according to the Athletic, that, yeah, he's going to report to camp soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to drive expensive cars, take care of everybody in your family and your friends and, and date model girls. You want to date the Kardashians. You got to have a check coming in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> The well, truest you... statement ever made. <laughs> Just like the whole COVID, going back to COVID, like, oh, big dude, there you go talking about COVID. Just like the COVID thing, man. Everybody got a stance until your job tell you you either you either get that shot or you ain't got a job. That's why everybody get when I got the shot, and that's why the numbers are looking good now. That's why how you could go to Thanksgiving and have dinner at grandmama's and not our house, and you could go to Christmas and hug your kids and and aunties and cousins. Okay, so let's put a pin <laughs> in the COVID conversation for now because I really want to come back to an aspect of that. But let's go back to talking about the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks. I'm sorry, you ended with uh, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Wait, is that who the quarterback is in Tampa? Is it? I didn't know. Jeez. Hmm, yeah. Carolina. Like, I want to tell you something, man. Tom yeah. Brady's wife is, oh my gosh, she's so ugly. Hideous. <laughs> how, did he, how did he marry a dog like that? I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. Oh my God. Well, she's a supermodel. I'm being fun. I'm trying to be funny here. She's like a mega supermodel. Well, I know that, <laughs> but some people think she's funny looking. No, I would never say that. First of all, I would never talk about anybody's wife because then that'll open you up to talking about my wife. And if we do that, then we're gonna be tussling. <laughs> then we're gonna be tussling in the street. So even if I did feel like she wasn't cute, I wouldn't say it, especially in this forum. But really, it, yeah, you worried that it would get back to him and he would have something to say about Lynn, dude. That dude would bury me. Didn't we just? Did you not just listen to what I just said? Five okay, but he, he has to Tom find Brady, out about it. Tom Brady could bury me easily. Like, <laughs> he's but he would have to find out. Well, you never know. Anything can happen, man. People tweet the stuff we say, man. We got a little oh, bit of a true. following. We got a little bit of a following. <laughs> you never tweet know. things that we say. Yeah. Um, that's something else that I want to touch on. But okay, yes, you do make a good point. But no, she's a beautiful woman, man. She's like a supermodel, man. So they're both beautiful. I just hate them. You know, they kiss their kids on the mouth and all that stuff. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, man. No. I got a lot of respect for that dude, man. He played football in Michigan. I'm a Michigan basketball fan, so. Oh, so you almost like him. Almost. Almost. Yeah. So, But anyway, what was your thought? The following week, the Bills are playing Carolina. Sam Darnold, does he scare you? Mm, Carolina really don't scare me. So, meh, no, not really. All right, what about Matt Ryan in, in Atlanta? And man, by the time we play Matt Ryan, he, he going to be halfway to Cancun, man. When I say that, I mean his mindset. He's not going to care. They're going to be packed up. They're going to be playing for the number one pick in the draft again, number two, number three. So, no. So, the two best quarterbacks the Bills are facing is the one coming up on Monday, Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill. and then in mid-December, Tom Brady. 
Yeah, Tom Brady died in Tampa right before Christmas. The new minted 99 overall on Madden. This dude is? is like he's like my age, and he's a ninety nine on Madden now. Brady is? Yes, he is. They just minted him this weekend. Oh my god! Ninety nine overall. So all right, but you so mad heads. So yes, Tom Brady. Tom Brady scares me. Not saying that we can't lose the other people, but he's the only person that really scares. Me. Right. So there's a couple of players along the way who. I, I'm not sure. They don't scare me, but you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Carson Wentz could have a good game. Jameis Winston could have a good game. Sam Darnold could have a good one. Mac Jones, you know, by the end of the season, he may have enough experience under his belt that he plays really well. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of as far as it goes. Yeah. I mean, our schedule is very favorable, man. We just take it in singularity one week at a time. I mean... I don't want once and going back. I don't think we talked about the Chiefs game enough and how it makes you feel in the outlook of the rest of the season. Can you run the table? Can you? You I could. Mean, is that off the? I mean, running the table is that like off the table? I mean, no. are we? Fa- All right. So as we keep winning because of our schedule, we've be favored. I mean. We would be favored in every game as long as we keep winning, right? Well, I guess you could say that to anybody. What am I trying to say? Well, I, I think what you're trying to say is if if you were to handicap the rest of the schedule, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you might make the Bills favorites in everything except for the Bucks game right now. Yes. You might. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah. Because if you look at it as of right now, like I said earlier, we're five and a half point favorites on the road to Tennessee, and Tennessee's three and two. Right. So I feel like, okay, we whoop Tennessee, then we got like four scrubs in a row. Like, as you keep winning, then we're going to keep being favorite unless Tampa runs the table. I don't think they will. And leading up to that game, then they might be favored over us, but I doubt that. So, I mean – so Tampa's four and one, same record. But with the NFL, you always win one you shouldn't. You you always steal one that you shouldn't. And you always lose one that you shouldn't. But to me, that was week one against Pittsburgh. The Bills should not have lost that game. Right. It feels like they got that out of the way. Right. And 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 like we said last week, it's probably good not and I know it sounds funny to say this, but looking where we are now, week six. I'm don't like the Pittsburgh game don't even matter now. The way we're playing, it doesn't matter that we lost in them. And Pittsburgh is terrible. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Well, they're 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 two and three now. They won this weekend. They have talent and they have a good defense. And I don't yeah. think we were ready. It was week one. That's true. Stadium was packed. I think it was a lot of distractions. I mean, it, if we play Pittsburgh this week, dude, we'll probably be 10-point favorites. Easily. You, because you they're not saying? the same teams right now. Right. We're not the same team. That's why that's an anomaly. Like, And then so if you really look at it, I halfway agree with what you – excuse me. I halfway agree with what you just said. You lose one that you shouldn't lose, and in the first six weeks, that's Pittsburgh. 
what game were we did we win and we wasn't supposed to win? We didn't steal. Like, I don't look at us as stealing the Kansas City game. Although we were two-and-a-half-point underdogs, we whooped them. So that, it ain't like it was like, oh, man, we barely got away with one. No, we went in the arrowhead and whooped them. If, if you're two-point dogs, you, it's, it's, it's a close game. Right. Two-and-a-half points, that means if it's a neutral site, the Bills are favored by a half. Yeah, exactly. You get three points just by playing at home. So, right. so, so I don't look at us as stealing that one. So do they steal one that they should lose? Would that be the Bucks game or the Saints? I'm not convinced that they should lose to the Saints. I just don't know what they're going to look like once they get everybody back. Well, right. But um, I don't believe in Winston, no. But I, oh. that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know that you can look at Jameis Winston and say, yeah, that's a guy that they need to be afraid of because – he has a good coach in Sean Payton, and Payton is probably going to get the best out of him, but he still makes mistakes. Right. And he had a good week. He's just so sporadic. He had a good week this week. He has talent. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. And like I said, when they get their all-pro receiver back, I don't know what they're going to look like. So, But, the, I mean, but just the simple fact that we're looking for question marks lets you know where we're at. Because it's like, right now, it's eight games for sure I know we're going to win. Like, I can't see us losing to the Jets. I can't see us losing Miami. I can't see us losing New England. Only way we're losing New England, we already had a number one seed wrapped up type stuff. And we played them at the end of the year. So, it's a situation where it's almost like we got, knock on wood, we got eight guarantees just off the bat, and we're only discussing four games. And four and three of those games, we're going to be definitely favorites. And a Tampa game is a pickle. I think the Bills lose three more. And I think one of those is probably because they're sitting their starters. Okay. And then there's probably a couple others. Um, I think they'll have a hard time with Tampa. Okay, that's fair. Uh, and then they're going to probably drop one more, like we said, that they shouldn't. And I'm going to say that may be that that may be the New England game or Carolina. Okay, just because sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way, right? And it, it happens to good teams all the time. And here's the thing. At this point, seeing what the next few games are, after Tennessee, you've got Miami, Jacksonville, New York. I'm so zen about the rest of the season. It almost doesn't matter if if the Bills lose four more games the rest of the way. It doesn't matter. They're still going to make the playoffs. Yeah, but we want bigger fish now. I'm moving the goalposts on this one. I want home field. I don't yes. want to have to. I don't want to have to go to right now. I mean, right now I'm worried about Cleveland and I'm worried about the Chargers. I don't want to have Chargers, to go to L.A. Yes. I don't want to have to go to Cleveland for the AFC Championship. I don't want to have to go to Baltimore, even though they went to Baltimore. I know we'd be in the building, but I digress. I want to be in Buffalo. I want to be in Orchard Park. So no, I don't. I don't. I I don't want four losses. I want one or two losses. And right now the Chargers have the number one seed in the AFC based on strength of schedule, and they have played 
much tougher opponents than the Bills have. They have. They have. And they're four and one, and Herbert is outstanding. Herbert looks the part. Yep. They have a good defense. They got one of them Bosa boys over there. And yeah, they uh, they they look formidable. So I'm just hoping the Chiefs could bounce back and beat them. Either Chiefs, Denver. I don't know what the Raiders gonna look like now that they don't have a head coach. Once again, the lesson is if you want to insult people, don't put it in writing. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> don't put it in writing. Don't hit reply all. I mean, Jesus. How how can he be that stupid? Well, he don't seem like the bright I mean, from his commentating and stuff, he don't you know, he seems like a loose cannon a little bit. So. This guy over here, he's a grinder. <laughs> I, I can we talk about the game? I mean, I don't. I, you feel like we haven't given it enough credit, haven't you? Yeah, bro. I mean, we going off into the season. We could do that after the, you know, we play the Jets or somebody, bro. Let's concept. What is this win? Like I was thinking about, like how I felt when we beat Dallas a couple of years ago on, on Thanksgiving. Like, where does this win rank as far as wins lately? And this one to me is important. You got the playoffs. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I guess you got you got the playoff wins. Yeah. Okay. You got the any win and you got the uh Baltimore win. But as far as regular seasons concerned, the last couple of years, the Cowboys game come to mind. Mm-hmm. Beating Pittsburgh. A couple of years ago on Monday night. Yeah. Ooh. That was a big one. Yeah. Uh, last season like. against the Seahawks when Josh Allen threw for over 400 yards. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. His yeah. best game as a pro. Yeah. Yeah. It was like his coming out party. It was. I guess I'm thinking more national... Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But Man. what does the game mean? In, in the scheme of this season, what, what does this game mean? Are, are we placing more importance on it because of who the Chiefs were in the yes. past? Yes. Yes. Why? And, and I know, and I said this, and y'all, you're going to tweet at me, Big New, you said last week, keep the same energy. Well, that's when I didn't know we were going to win it. Okay. <laughs> That's what I didn't know we we're going with it. So, I what this win does is shows because they beat us the last couple of times, dude. They knocked us out of the playoffs. Mahomes is the next coming. It is like the bully, dude. Like, eventually the bully gets beat. And it's like, oh my God, the bully just got beat up. Now, you know, he ain't taking everybody, he's not terrorized no more and taking everybody lunch money. Like, that's how I kind of feel to do them like we did them on national TV. I'm not saying we're the new bully because you got to win playoff games and win a Super Bowl yes. to be the bully. But now it's like, especially if. Let's say that they get on the right track and do make the playoffs and they make a run, which could And I think they happen. will. And they, yeah, that, but they're in a tough division, though. That's the thing. They're in a tough division. So, I, I, and now they're two or three, they're the worst in their division, I think. 
You hmm. got the Chargers. Well, now the Raiders might fall off because their coach is going. But you got the Chargers. You got Denver who just lost. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're in a tough division. So I don't know if they're going to be able to climb out of that. I don't. I don't know. We have to wait and see. But what it did show is that we could beat them after they beat us the last couple times in some big games. Everybody doubted us. That's why we were underdogs. But we disproved it and we whooped them. So yeah. as long as we handle our business, keep doing what we're doing, this could springboard. It's like you just reminded me of that Seattle game. Remember that? We, that was last year. Mm-hmm. Seattle, the Rams game. Mm-hmm. You know, how we just ran through the uh, NFC West. We didn't think we were going to win none of those games. No, and should have won all of them. Yeah, <laughs> except for the uh, the Hail Mary that uh, Murray threw. We should have we should have swept their division. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what this win does. It kind of springs boards you. It kind of springboards you to to maybe you thinking, hey, these are going to be bigger and better things. And so, getting this win means a lot. Bills Mafia, you have to understand. Spread your wings. Have a good time. Enjoy it. This is it's all about the process. This is part of the ride. Okay, so enjoy it. Now, some of us like the end result, like me. I don't like going to the gym, but I know I gotta go to the gym. If not, I'm gonna be 500 pounds. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't like and the, the funny process. thing is you're not exaggerating. <laughs> Literally. So <laughs> if it was up to me, I'll snap my fingers. It'll be mid-January. We'll be playing in the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, we can't do that. All right. I don't have the soul stone. I don't have the time, Jim. I'm not Thanos. I can't snap my fingers and it'll be January and we're playing for the Super Bowl. So we're relegated to enjoying the ride. Yes. Okay. And so Bill Mafia, don't look ahead. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the process. Wow. I've I you've come a long way that you can actually say enjoy the win. You've come so far. I've seen people make you cry <laughs> talking I about right. I have cried. games. I had I have cried. I'm in those I was in those places, man. It was dark. Bills is all I had, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it doesn't help that we was at McFadden's and then we'd lose and then we'd get drunk and then you got an Uber home and I was dealing with babies at the time. Like the Bills is all <laughs> I had, you know? So it, it all depends. I feel like a lot of fandom has to do with your personal life too, and how you how you take these things. Mm-hmm. You know. So you talked about the importance of confidence last week. Yes. And how in sports and picking up women, confidence is everything. Yes. Do you not agree? I I do. Okay. And to me, that's what this win is. It's beating your big brother in basketball in the driveway for the first time. Yes. It's going out to the golf course and hitting three shots that are just unbelievable. It makes you want to go out to the golf course the next day. Yes. This is coming back from summer recess and suddenly you hit a growth spurt and you're bigger than the kid who bullied you at school. I like that. Yes. Yeah. That is what the Buffalo Bills are feeling right now. And they just kept saying, oh, the next game is the most important game. That is BS. They needed to know if they could measure up. And now they know. But I will caution you this. 
this is not the Chicago Bulls finally beating the Detroit Pistons in the early 90s. No. Why? Because it's the regular season. It's the regular season. You got to do it in the playoffs. You've got to do it in the playoffs. But but what this does is it gives you an easier road. See, because you get the number one seed, now you got to buy. You don't have to win a Super Bowl. You ain't got to win four games. You only got to win three. Mm-hmm. Right? Am my math right? Four? One, two. Yeah, you get to buy the divisional conference. Yeah, so that's, yeah, three. Well, uh, of- two. To two, you win two games to get to the Super Bowl. No, to get to the Super I said to win the Super I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. Oh, to win the, win yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, three. Three. You got three wins instead of winning four. And you're at home. So that's what that's what this does. An AFC win against somebody who might be there later. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, we ain't got to worry about the Pittsburgh loss. Pittsburgh's probably not even going to make the playoffs. No, they're not. You know, so the only place where that may hurt is strength of schedule when it comes to tiebreakers. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So we keep winning. We don't have to worry about tiebreakers. Because the Bills are not going to, when it comes to tiebreakers, strength of schedule is not going to help the Bills this year. I agree. Their schedule is too weak. They need to do it on wins. Right. That's why we we don't need to worry about tiebreakers. Just keep winning. Mm -hmm. You know? And it, and it could happen. I mean, I would like to see when we play the Scrubs, man, let's get uh, Trubisky in there. That's what I want to see. I want to see some backup. I don't want Josh Allen getting hurt against the Jets or something like that. Oh, God. And, and I don't want to have to show a whole lot of stuff. I don't know. I guess I'm dreaming at this point. I'm just, you know, we're in the 45, 50-minute point. I'm just mumbling. I'm delirious. I'm tired. But – uh I would like to see that, man. I want to see the backup quarterback get in there, man. That's when you know you're doing good when the backup quarterback get playing time. Let me totally shift gears here. And I wanted to come back to the COVID thing and also has something to do with tweeting. I saw people talking about how Cole Beasley has not been getting on the field very much lately. And there's some people out there saying, I wonder if it has to do with the COVID stuff. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, John Warrow brought it up. The AP writer said, it looks like Dawson Knox may be cutting into um, Cole Beasley's playing time. And I wrote back, no, it's actually Reggie Gillum and Tommy Sweeney. Because when they bring in two tight ends or a fullback, the player who comes off the field is the slot receiver. It's pretty much the same in every offense. And he liked it. He like clicked like at something that I wrote in response to his tweet. <laughs> and then I wrote, oh my God, I've arrived. John Waro liked one of my tweets. What is next? Being liked by Joe Buscalia or Sal Capaccio? Well, then John Waro comments and wrote, hey, it was a good take. <laughs> hey, man, you certified now, man. He just stamped you. Yeah. He did. So that happened last night before I went to bed. I like I'm riding high after the Bills win. We're recording on Monday night. Riding high, the Bills win. I had just finished half a bottle of wine. John Waro replies to me. I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to fall asleep tonight. This is just too great. 
Yeah, I saw that, man. That's awesome, man. You certified now, man. That's good stuff. Oh, man, do I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think all the Bills Mafia do, man. Wrap, let's wrap it up here. What are the Bills going to do against the Titans? Dominate. They'll try to run against us. We'll shut the run down. I think we'll win by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns? Yeah. I think it's going to be close. I, yeah. I think that uh, they're going to get into the mud a, a little bit with Tennessee. The Bills have shown over the past couple of years that big, strong running backs that run directly at them, including Tennessee, they have a tough time with it, but they're going to have a little easier time handling it because Star is playing really well. I think the Bills win a low-scoring game. Okay. All right. How about Emmanuel Sanders, man? Before we go, shout out to Emmanuel Sanders, bro. Have you ever seen anybody other than Kim Pagula with nicer chiclets than him? Chiclets? Teeth. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I know, right? I know. That's good stuff, man. Um, But, yeah, the fact that we – let John Brown go, and I know Bill's Mafia was upset about that. Emmanuel Sanders is John Brown's times 10, dude. And who would have thought that he would have came and basically become my number one receiver? I mean, Stephon Diggs is still making big plays, but right now, wouldn't you say that Emmanuel Sanders is our most valuable receiver at this point? He's definitely making the most plays right now. You know, and this shows you exactly why Brandon Bean wanted this guy so badly for the past couple of years. Oh my God. It all like New, uh, New Orleans Saints fans, my friends, oh my, they see him because they all play fantasy. They can't believe what he's doing in our office and they had him down there, you know? So once yeah. again, it's situations, man. But I mean, once again, Brandon Bean turning John Brown essentially into Emmanuel Sanders, I think is a big part of our success right now. He wouldn't have been anywhere near as good with the Saints because he wouldn't have had nearly as good a quarterback. Well, he would have been better off this year than he would have been last year. With Winston, at least Winston could throw over 15 yards. Drew Brees last year couldn't even throw. I mean, he was accurate, but he just wouldn't throw a pass over 20 yards. Yeah. You know, because he's old. By the way, Brees really good in the studio for Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah, he transitioned very well, so. Yeah. Let's wrap her up, buddy. I know you got a song for us. Well, beforehand, I'm at, my mom always listens to the pie. She, she said, does? I'm to talk to her. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. hi, Mrs. Newton. And so uh, her birthday is Friday, so she'll be uh, she'll be turning 66. So happy birthday, mom. Happy so shout birthday. Shout out to Coma Jean Newton who hails from Hope, Arkansas, and lives in St. Louis now. And Hope, Arkansas is the hometown of former president Bill, Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's from his hometown, So, or he's from my mom's hometown. So, yeah, happy birthday, Coma Jean Newton. Shout out. So big wins, and I always told you, man, the big wins get the special song. So hey, 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 shout out to Sal Capaccio. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.